Everybody, how are you doing? Oh, this is the uh, well, I didn't do my normal intro, so now I'm sort of thrown off. Like, this is the Pirate Professor podcast, and what was the thing about it? 
Alright, now... Sorry, I'm actually messing with the audio thing right now because I'm not coming through nearly as loud as the music was, so... It's okay. How's everybody doing out there today? Are you doing well? I hope you're doing well. I'm doing well. Um, today's episode comes to you from the boat um, down in South Texas right now. Interesting things. Um, first of all, I have no power. Well, let me rephrase that. The marina at the boat has no power right now because some utility workers were working uh, today digging, digging whatever thing that they were digging and um, they hit a power line I, I, was, I read somewhere if it was Facebook so they hit a power line and a gas line like at the same time which well that's problematic um, so I wasn't here when it happened but lots of smoke lots of bang 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 banging going on and um other just sort of um, scariness. Um, that all being said, the uh, marina lost power, but I installed solar panels on my boat this year, and so I'm actually running off solar power right now. So this is the uh, Pirate Professor podcast brought to you from the captain's ship uh, and powered by green energy so we've got new power solar panels and Renergy um, charge controller and inverter so that's kinda cool um, the other thing that's kinda cool in that, in that particular thing is I last night uh, or yesterday so uh, SpaceX's Starlink project that they're doing. This is the thing where they're constantly launching uh, satellites into like 60 satellites at a time. Uh, they're trying to put up several thousand uh, satellites to create, basically blanket the planet um, to give internet access anywhere on the globe uh, through a satellite internet connection. And I don't know if you're like me, but when I'm in Arkansas and I'm at the cabin, I, have, I live in rural Arkansas where I barely get a cell signal. And the internet is non-existent unless it comes through a satellite connection, which is what I'm doing. And um, I guess it would help if I talked into the microphone a little bit better. Um, so I pay way too much a month for pretty crappy internet service when I'm there. Uh, when I'm in the boat, I use a hotspot for my phone uh, through Verizon, which seems to work pretty well until you run out of, of um, data. But, you know, you can still upload. You just can't necessarily watch a lot of Netflix. That being said, hopefully I'll have this um, SpaceX Starlink satellite uh, system that I ordered Sometime this year, it was pre-order. I had to pay 99 bucks, and then I had to pay another 400 when it's ready to ship. And then it's like nine—I don't know. Right now, it's 99 a month. I don't know if that's what it's going to stay at, but it's um, 
that's still cheaper than what I have to pay right now for crappy internet, so I'll take it. Especially if I can take it anywhere in the world, because that's kind of cool, to be perfectly honest. Um, other things, because I'm sitting on the boat, I've got all, it's uh, pretty warm in South Texas right now. It's 70 something degrees. So the cold has not gotten here yet. It's supposed to get here this evening. So I've got all the hatches open, and it's kind of a sunny day. It's a lovely day to not be outside. I'm recording a podcast. That was facetious. Anyway, uh, some things you may hear, kind of like last week, is birds and dudes in big trucks and, and muscle cars showing off their exhaust systems as they drive down the road by the boat. Uh, that part's a little annoying for me, but that's this thing about South Texas. I don't, if you've ever been here, like, you know, South Texas is what I would consider anything like south of Houston and like Austin down. That's South Texas. And it, so you get sort of this redneck Tex-Mex thing, at least where I am. It's kind of a combination. Austin is a little, Austin's its own animal. Um, it's becoming a new tech hub. Um, but you've got, I don't know, it's just this sort of weird convergence of all kinds of cultures. So things you'll see here that you won't see other places. For starters, the Selena Memorial statue is in the marina that I'm in. So there's constantly a pilgrimage of people heading to, um, um, the um, marina just to pay homage to Selena. Uh, and honestly, Selena, I sort of forgot about her until I got down here. And apparently she's a big deal. Kind of grown in um, popularity in the past few years. Other things, like you'll see Hispanic dudes riding Harleys, playing Tejana music, you know, full bore, cruising around. You'll see a whole lot of... I'm guessing dudes who work in, you know, refineries and they, they make money with the oil industry somehow or another and they buy ridiculous trucks and they put lift kits on them and exhaust and, and they buy muscle cars and they, you know, and they want to drag race and they do it. So it's, it's sort of, it's got that little bit of sort of a wild west thing because, uh, things back, back home were, you know, people like uh, law enforcement in Arkansas would not tolerate a lot of the stuff that goes on here. They're just like, uh, what are you doing that for? And here it's just sort of like, yeah, that's just what people do. I don't know. It's a, there's sort of, um, people are less restrained down here. It's hard to describe. There's a lot more tattoos down here. There's a lot more, there's a lot more of, I don't know. Little, little, you're a little freer to be the version of yourself that, that's, you, I guess I don't know that you want to be. I guess that's one thing. You don't feel there's not as much social uh, pressure to look and act a certain way. How about that? It's kind of interesting. I like it. I like it. Um, something else that's interesting. There's a retired World War II air aircraft carrier, the USS Lexington, that is. Oh, uh, I can see it from the boat. It's about a quarter. It's about a mile from the boat. I'll take the. I can. When I take tour boats out, though, I'll take people over there by it. It was commissioned in 1943, I believe. Uh, it was a. Um, 
it was commissioned during World War II, and it had original. I forgot what the original name was, but it wasn't going to be the Lexington. But the original World War One era aircraft carrier Lexington was sunk in the Battle of Midway, and just as this one was coming online, and so they went ahead and flipped it, the name, and called this one the Lexington, and put it right back out into the Pacific um, campaign. And which confused, apparently, the uh, Japanese Navy because they kept thinking they sank it and they just never did sink it. And so it got the nickname as the Blue Ghost. And so even it's also supposed to be haunted and they do haunted ghost tours because it's all a lot of action over the years. It was finally decommissioned in the 90s and it's brought here to Corpus Christi Bay uh, where it was converted into a museum. Just kind of cool. Uh, one of the things specifically that's cool about it right now is if you are an 80s kid, which I was, which I'm assuming you're not, but your parents might be, or at least if you've watched Top Gun and it had you know way too much of an impact on your life, then one of the things that the Lexington could be interesting is one of the, um, I guess it was the F-14. I think, I think I'm getting that right. The F-14 Tomcat. Uh, it was the plane that Maverick and Goose flew in Top Gun. That is here. That has been retired and is sitting on the flight deck of the USS Lexington. So if you want to get your Top Gun fix, um, there it is. Also, the USS Lexington was used to film some scene from the movie Pearl Harbor with Ben Affleck. It's 970 feet, 973 feet long. And is an Essex class carrier. And you might be surprised to know that on tour boats, when I'm taking guided tours out there, I give people this rundown of this boat. Um, Texas State Aquarium is right across the, uh, the little sound from it. Anyway, that's has absolutely no relevance to what we're doing here today. Except that if you want to see the USS, USS Lexington and you've got history oh one of the other things is it rescued uh the first george bush president at, when he got shot down uh it was the ship that uh recovered him and he called it the lady lex and so it also has that name so the blue ghost the lady lex is the uss lexington anyway there's a little bit of a trivia for you um what we got going today? Um, we're going to talk about marketing a little bit today. We're going to talk about purchasing and co consumer behavior. Um, the um, <clears throat> I'm getting phone calls on my phone right now. I'm just going to flip it over, so I'll stop looking at them. Um, kind of break down sort of what the purchasing uh, funnel is and kind of how people make decisions and how marketers sort of sort anticipate those things. And try to um, try to um, lead uh, people. Uh, I guess put it this way: Super Bowl was this past weekend. The uh, Tampa Bay Buccaneers defeated Kansas. That may have made you happy, or that may have made you sad. Either way, a uh, but a quarterback. Throwing a ball at somebody in a, a um, who's running a uh, pass route, 
the quarterback's not going to throw the ball to where a person happens to be typically they they're typically going to throw the ball to where the person is going to be and that's kind of what we do and from the world of marketing is we we're, we're not I talk about you reach people where they are and not where you want them to be but sometimes what we do is we reach people where they're going to be and I'll talk about that just a little bit in as far as um, this stuff goes um oh yeah this is something I want to talk about it's a little bit more backing up this just feels like string of thought today which may feel like every single podcast I do um, one of the things I've had a, quite a few questions this week about like what exactly am I expecting from the collateral pieces for your social media campaigns. By the way, for those who may be listening, this is for my social media class. It's a uh, meeting uh, virtually right now. Um, one of the things you should know about my particular teaching style is I don't really enjoy giving people too much structure. Like I don't. Like one of the big questions I get from students a lot is like, how exactly do you want me to do this? Like specifically, like what is the exact format that you want this thing? And I'll be honest, in a lot of cases, I don't give a shit what the format is. Like I'm not like people that get bent out of shape about a certain, like you have to cite sources a certain way, like that has its place in academic journals. But when in the real world, that doesn't really fly too much. I'm more interested in, in curiosity, creativity, and innovation. And the more, and the more constraints I put on you, I feel like the lower your creativity, curiosity, and innovation is going to be and so really what I'm after is to see how creative curious and innovative innovative that you're willing to be and so I kind of let you you know I sort of I take the side rails off and sort of like just go figure it out and we'll, we'll talk about it a little bit because the reason Innovators don't necessarily like to play, like, you want to give somebody a sandbox, but you don't want to make that sandbox too small. Like, I want to give you as much space as you want to go just to see how far you'll push it. Now, the danger of that is when you give get people who just don't give a shit, and they're like, I'm just going to do the least amount as possible. Well, congratulations, you're going to be a failure in life. Sorry, but that's just the way that attitude works out in the end. If you're like... What's the least amount I can do so I can get a grade and get the job done and get a diploma? I don't, you know, who get who cares? Who cares what the least amount is because you're not going to be successful with that attitude. Like, that's going to get you nowhere. So, I mean, and I, that's where all these heavy requirements come from. It's like, God, if we don't give them, you know, tell them hold their hand and tell them every single thing they have to do, then they're just, they're just not going to do anything. Cause that's the danger, right? Like if I tell you, you don't have to do much. Like, I don't really care what you do. I don't like, I don't have a specific length. I don't have that. Then you're going like, well, okay, I'm going to write three words and call it done. And I'm going to go watch, you know, play whatever video game or watch some Netflix. Yeah. Congratulations. You're going nowhere. Like that's, that's the recipe to going 
nowhere. And so I'm, I'm just not going to waste my time with that. Um, those people will filter themselves out. They filter themselves out. Those are the ones who very often are like, I don't know why I can't find a job. Nobody will hire. What's because you didn't learn a damn thing. You just tried to sit around and scrape by. Because you weren't creative. You weren't innovative. And, you know, hey, there's somebody else running down there and you weren't. See, now I'm lecturing. You're not creative. See, I'm venting at this point. I'm, I'm, I'm saying what every other professor wishes they would could say to their students. If you're not creative, you're not innovative. What was the other one I said? Um, creative? Innovative? I could rewind it and listen, I guess. Um, either way, if you're, if you're not doing those things, you're not. You're just not. Oh, curious. Curious was the other one. If you're not curious, you're not creative, you're not innovative, you're just not going to go. You're not you're going to be like that dude up there who thinks the 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 greatest achievement in his life is what his pipes sound like. And honestly, nobody gives a shit. Like really, that that's getting him nowhere. He's peacocking around thinking, "Look at me, I'm awesome," and nobody cares. He's just serving the purpose of annoying me while I'm trying to record a podcast. <sighs> I didn't really mean to go off on that rant, but, yeah, you know, there it is. Uh, anyway, let's talk about innovation a little bit. First principles thinking. First principles thinking is sort of like you, you enter into a thing. Like, you're right now, you're, people walk into social media, especially young people, and they're like, I know how to do something. I've had Facebook my whole life or Twitter or Instagram or whatever. I know how to do it. Uh, you, 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 you think you do. But what you guys are probably learning by now is you don't necessarily, like you see what happens on the surface, but you're not necessarily, you haven't been paying attention to what happens behind um, the surface or under the surface. And um, so, first principles thinking is you just sort of go back to the beginning. Like you recognize that you don't know anything. I don't know anything. But I'm curious. I want to know. What's the best way to solve this problem? Like you break a problem down to its most basic element. You're like, all right, this is a big problem. But this big problem can be broken down into a bunch of little problems. So let's go all the way back to the first little problem. And let's forget what everybody else has done. Let's just forget that. And, and, and let's start from there. And this is partially why I'm not giving you too much too much structure because I want you to I don't want to I don't want to fill your head with this is what everyone else does what everyone else does is constantly evolving what I need you to do is get your head around what's the best way that I can figure out so it's okay to look out and see what other people are doing eventually but you need to get your head around the problem because when you start out you don't know what you don't know like you don't have very many questions because you don't know what you don't know and so sometimes jumping off into the deep end of the pool without a lot of structure around you without swimming lessons you find out really damn fast that you don't know how to swim as well as you thought you did and so suddenly your brain flips into a mode of oh Maybe I do have questions after all. Like you hit a block and you're like, how do I solve this problem? And, you know, and this is where you guys will text me like, 
hey, I don't know what you want here. Or what do I do about this? And then I can chime in and give you a little guidance. Um, but most of you are like, all right, this is a problem that I never considered before. And that's actually a really good place to be. Because um, you're not falling into the trap of like, this is how everyone else deals with this problem. And, you know, that may be the best solution. But that may also just be a crutch that other people are falling on and nobody's like deviated from the, you know, the well-worn path. Maybe there's time for a better path. And so that's what you need to do. Um, and so get yourselves into the mindset of like, you don't necessarily know everything, but you want to know. And then you want to see how far you can push it. And then you get competitive about it. And you're like, and you get competitive with yourself. And you're like, how far can I take this? Like, what new thing can I do? And this is like, um, you know, I talk about uh, Elon Musk and SpaceX and all that. It's essentially the story of all of his companies is people are just like, you can't do that. And he's like, why not? Because we haven't figured, and the answer is typically because we didn't know how to do it. And he's like, okay, well, I'll just go back to the beginning. Like, I've had terrible satellite internet for years terrible and it's never gotten any better and uh but that was my only option and so last night i put in a deposit for a you know spacex starlink um internet hub um or you know dish and modem which will come in hopefully sometime this year you know because they're still launching satellites and putting that thing together and, you know, and it just started coming from, like, why can't we do this? Why can't, you know, what's stopping us? And not letting, you know, whatever the dominant voices at the time happened to be. That's, you know, that's how he created that. That's how he created SpaceX. Uh, when he created SpaceX, he originally went to Russia to try to get uh, them to launch stuff and they sort of laughed at him and they're like ha 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 you're nobody we don't, we're not going to work with you and he and I think he literally just said okay fine I'll make my own rockets and they laughed at him even more and look who's laughing now um, you know watched him blow up another you know Mars proto Mars rocket prototype last week just a couple hours away from here um because he's innovating. He's trying to be curious. He's not really worried about the failure side of it. It's like, all right, these are problems. Let's run a test. Let's click, you know, collect collect data like you guys are doing. Figure out what's going wrong, and then let's do it again. It's exactly what you guys are doing, except he's doing with rockets and artificial intelligence. So my question, dear crew is 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 always how far are you willing to take this stuff are you going to be the kind of people who are just like oh, i'm going to do the bare minimum so i can pass and then i get surprised when i ask you questions that you know were in the lectures and podcasts that i didn't listen to that's like a Bill Clinton impression. I don't know. Anyway, I'm going on, and then I'm getting on the PowerPoint. Rant over. Can you sail under the command of a pirate? Can you not? You don't listen to me. 
intro 30 minutes into it because I went out on a tangent. So, hope you're doing okay, crew. guess this thing's going to stop eventually. Anyway, let's talk about consumption and rethinking it. There it is. There it is. All right. What's the decision-making process that you make or you go through whenever you make a uh, purchase? Ever thought about it? You do it. We all do it. We all do it consistently. And, um, hang on, I'm trying, I'm playing with Audition here. It's currently not tracking with as I record it, so it's hard to tell exactly where I am. I just want to make sure I'm still recording. I think I am. Pretty sure I am. Seems to be. Yep, it's still recording. Okay. It's pretty annoying to talk for a while and then realize that, you know, whatever the record button was never hit. Or it stopped or something like that. So we're on chapter four. Rethinking consumption. You're purchasing strategies and as someone who's going to be doing social media you know especially for those who want to be influencers this is ultimately kind of the world of the influencer and that kind of marketing um how to get people to do things is really it so first of all insight insight is i've got the powerpoint pulled up in case you're you didn't pick up on that. So a marketer's ability to extract consumption patterns from consumer behavior and predict future purchases. So it depends on the product 
It depends on the store. Whatever the company is. Every everybody has there are different rhythms to what goes on. And um so depending on what you guys are working on, the different kind of the ways that you think about it. You you've got short term purchases like you think like restaurants or like, you know, I'm gonna go get food. Something's gonna happen fast. Or maybe I want you People that like to shop for clothes, you're always shopping for clothes. It's always something new, um, as opposed to something different, like a house or a car, like these long-term purchases, things that you don't purchase every day or every, even every year. Sometimes, you know, like I, I purchase a car maybe like once a decade, you know, maybe a little less, but you know, somewhere in there, you know, and most people hold on to a house for years and years and years before they move on. So there's different strategies on how you go after those things. So your insight are going to be, are these, it's all the consumer behavior. You can sort of figure out exactly how people go after things. Um, word of mouth. It's, it's essentially you, if you want a creative word of mouth is, you know, you, what you talk about, you create buzz. It's creating a dynamic where potential consumers are actively talking about a product or service. This is why a lot of companies will do sort of strange things that don't seem to necessarily talk. That's they don't necessarily seem to make a lot of sense to like. I don't know what relevance that has to me buying this product, but it gets me talking about it. And so what that does is it's it causes me to think about that product and so whenever whatever that product is whenever i want something like that in theory um it makes me kind of want it um what you know kind of default to that one first now one of the things that has happened so we talked about like chick-fil-a versus and you know is has a has a really good overall campaign and advertising campaign and sort of reputation and then Popeyes came along last year and came out with a chicken sandwich to compete with it. And one of the things that was sort of interesting, and I don't know if it was intentional or not intentional, but one of the things that happened with that was that um, they did like a sort of little beta run and they're like, oh, we're going to put some out and people really freaking love those sandwiches. And then they're like, yeah, we don't have any more. And so you, and so it, there was this period of time where people were like, I want a freaking Popeye's sandwich. And there were none to be had, which created this sort of scarcity mentality, which instead of just sort of people are like, yeah, screw it. I'll just go back to Chick-fil-A. They're just, I really want a Popeye's sandwich. And the demand got really high. And so when they finally did come out with them, like that word of mouth thing like i said i don't know if it was intentional or not but it worked that as soon as they had them you know like they get you it's like that you give somebody a taste of something that's really great and you're like sorry can't have any more well you can't you want the thing that you can't have and that's what happened and then you know built up the anticipation and then they released it and voila everybody's out getting chicken sandwiches from popeyes for a in a drive-through system that's not as good as Chick-fil-A. So we go through this process, you know, this purchase process decisions though. Um, all of us do it. It's it's in the purchase process decision is the path that consumers take to make a purchase. So, case in point, I went out last night to get fajitas. 
with uh, my wife and some friends. And we went to get fajitas at this particular... This, we went Tuesday nights, all you can eat fajitas at La Playa. It's a, it's a, it's a place out of Port Aransas. So it's, you know, it's out there on a, it's anyway, it's, it's a really good place. And so a friend of ours who lives out there, it's out on the Island. Uh, they're like, Hey, he, we went out with him last week and he's like, Hey, they have amazing fajitas. And I've had a lot of fajitas in my life. Okay. You know, I think ah, that's fine. I'm just gonna hang out with a friend. I'm gonna get fajitas. But he wasn't lying. Like, these freaking fajitas were the best thing I'd had. Like, these may have been the best fajitas I've ever had in my life. Like, the steak fajita, like, you just, it's all you can eat for like 12 bucks. And, like, the steak fajitas, like, you might as well be eating whatever the best steak you can think of. That's what they are. And then the shrimp, there's this giant, delicious shrimp. And then it's, and they just bring out, instead of like giving everybody individual ones, they just sort of give everybody a plate with all the little side things and the tortillas. And then they put out these massive plates of meat out in the middle of the table. And did I mention it's all you can eat? Like, and this is like big chunks of meat. And it was freaking amazing. So we went with him last week and he, he bought our supper. So guess what happened this week, last night? We took some other friends out to the same place for fajitas. So we introduced them. So I'm bringing that up because it, it follows this pattern. So the first is problem recognition. Problem recognition is, hey, I'm hungry. I want some food. You haven't gotten any farther than that. Just, I'm hungry. The second thing is, like, um, you're going to do an informative search. You're trying to figure out exactly... What what's out there? Like I'm hungry. I'm not going to cook. But what restaurants are out there? What's like you know, you've all done this? Hey, where do you want to eat? And so you go through that information search. Like what 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 are what are what are my options? And then you get all the options, and you're like, oh, you know. And sometimes it's easier to rule out things than to rule things in. Like I want that one. Okay, fine. We're going to go. We're not go, or we're not going to go to that one. But we're going to go. Eventually, you decide. Or you could, you know, you could be at a restaurant like we were in, like, hey, you know, I'm here, I'm hungry. The inf information search is like, what do I want that's on the menu? And so you start going through the different options on a menu. And eventually you decide, all right, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go with that one. And then after the fact, you're going to have this sort of, this. that would be the purchase part of this. And then, and then after the fact, you're going to have the post-purchase behaviors. What do you do after you've had it? Like what, you know, do you feel good about it? Do you feel bad about it? Do you feel incredibly bloated because you absolutely stuffed yourself with steak fajitas? In my case, that, and you know, we'll get to that. All right, so what do you do from, okay, so that's that's just my, as a consumer, as a consumer, as a dude who's hungry and wanted fajitas. That was the decision process I made. Now, this coincides with something marketers would call a purchase funnel. And the purchase funnel is the, is the process that marketers use to match that person's purchase decision process. So they know I'm hungry. So the thing on their end is where I'm like, I'm, I'm, you know, looking for what's available. Like they're like, Hey, they want to create awareness. Hey, 
consider us. We're out here. Hey, know our name, brand recognition. I just simply want you to know what we have. And all right, so then I'm, I'm looking around out there, interest consideration, and it's like, hey, this is why we may be better. Um, and all right, int so interest consideration. Think about us. Consider us. And then, you know, level three, intention slash conviction. This is why you should pick us. Like, this is why we're better. Or this is why this particular thing on the menu is the best thing that you should order. Um, and then you get the action purchase, so they follow it up. And then the last one's loyalty rewards. Like, hey, here's a coupon. Thanks for coming back. And hopefully they're trying to generate exactly what happened with me in the case of fajitas is it created a positive word of mouth where one person took me out for fajitas and I in turn took other people out for fajitas. So I expanded their customer base. But, you know, the other thing is in this particular restaurant, you know, it's not necessarily that they're doing a lot of advertising. It's just their word of mouth is that great. So it's one of those places if, if you don't get there at a certain time, you may not get a table or at least you're going to be sitting outside for a long time. So we match those things up, problem recognition to awareness, information search to interest consideration, we, the alternative valuation to the intention and conviction, the purchase to the purchase, and the post-purchase behavior to the loyalty and positive word of mouth. So they're all lined up, and that's the goal. That is always the goal. Um, then we move on to enduring involvement. Enduring involvement is where in individuals are continually processing the events in the environment that they may at some point lead to a purchase. Think about the idea of of a car. That you, you don't necessarily want to buy a car every week, right? That's dumb. You wouldn't do that. Nobody's got that kind of money. Well, some people have that kind of money. But I'm guessing it's not you, right? So you're thinking, okay, I want this. So what, what the car manufacturers need to do is think, huh? How do I, how do I make you just think about us? Like, I, w I want you like they they're just putting stuff out there, these long term things. And you think about particular brands, and they like, what kind of person are you? Like, are you a Jeep person? Like, what's a Jeep person? You ever thought about that? Jeep Wrangler person. Like you're an outdoorsy person, you love adventure. Like you're that, you know, whatever it is, you want to be, you want to go in the backwoods. You're you're nonconformist. You're a Jeep person, right? And so we build that sort of personality up, and so that you start thinking about, man, you know, I think whenever I made a Jeep, my my next car or my next vehicle, I think I want a Jeep. It's not just any Jeep. I want a, I want a, I want a Wrangler. Oh, I want a, and then you get, oh, I get a Rubicon. Oh, I can get the Rubicon with everything. It's got all the, all the, all the things. I love all the things. And it just keeps going and going and going and going. You know, and when the time comes, you're like, I need a vehicle. And you're like, I really want the Jeep. And then maybe not get the one with everything on it. You know, you may not get your ideal. Maybe you settle it to compromise. But then you end up getting a Jeep. And you pop the top off. And you drive down the road and sing songs as loudly as you can I don't know whatever you do in a Jeep um, I used to have one I kind of want one again now that I think about it anyway so search attributes moving on 
factual pieces of information available from the marketer about a product or service. These are the specific details you may want more information on. So the other thing, so I'm, I'm going to throw myself under a bus here. I'm always looking at boats. Like I have a boat. I'm still paying for a boat. I love this boat. But there's a problem with boats. As soon as you get one, you want one that's two feet longer. You want one that's just a little bit bigger. It's got a few more options. And so I, like most sailors, I would say, a lot of sailors, spend a lot of time on the internet just looking at boats. And so these are the specific details. And I'm always getting into, you know, not just size of the hull, but the, you know, I want, I want to know all the technical stuff, all the specifics. And this is where, you know, these are the search attributes that they're talking about. They're, they're allowing me, once I get past sort of the idea of a boat, now I want to get into the specifics. And that's what these are. The specifics are allowing you, you know, what is it exactly that I want? Does this thing have the thing that I want? And it really sort of gets down into the weeds a little bit. Experience attributes. Um, these are, these are, you know, your Yelp reviews. These are like, um, case in point, still sticking with boats. Like, um, my wife really wants a catamaran. So we, we, we have what we call a monohull boat, boat, which is a sailboat, which is your, you know, standard sailboat. Think of it, whatever you think of as a sailboat, that's sailboat. Catamaran is like sort of think of a pontoon boat, two different hulls with a little bridge connecting the two. Um, they have their own, and that's what my wife really wants. And, you know, if you're going to live on a boat and travel the world, they're really, you know, they're a more comfortable option. And so I'm like, all right, I'm, I'm looking at catamarans, and so then I'm comparing them. And then I'm like, what about this one versus this one? And so then I start looking for reviews. What does one customer say? And then, like, I found, like, I'm thinking of this model versus this model. And then I found a reviewer, a guy had one model, and then he upgraded to the other model. And he's like, yeah, you should definitely do it. Don't even waste your time with this one. Just go ahead and do this. Like, you know, you think you're saving some money, but you're just going to want it you know, in two years. So just go ahead and do it. Just go and get that one. And that's what we do. So the, the customer reviews, or maybe it's talking about food, you know, go to this place, like they're hardly known or they're overrated or whatever it is. You start looking for the advice of strangers uh, or people who have sort of been in the same position as you. And now they're looking for something else. Or, you know, they're giving you advice on the things that you, you know, they're just a little further down the path than you are. Uh, credence attributes or credence attributes. Attributes that cannot be reviewed by the consumer. These these are just essentially stuff that, you know, people are, the consumer, you know, I'll be honest. I'm just, I sit here reviewing and I'm not looking at my book. I'm like, I don't know what the hell that they're talking about here. That's something most professors won't tell you. That when they're you hit something, you're like, I forgot what that was. Um, the 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 definition within the book is attributes that can't be reviewed by the consumer. It doesn't really make a lot of sense to me, but I'm gonna go ahead and say that there's something specific on the uh, technical end on the front end, and I'm just gonna BS my way through that and move on. And you can just like, yeah, he's an idiot. Uh, I knew it. I knew it all along. Obviously, this isn't one of those things that I dealt with a lot when I was working in this. So, um, I'd probably find it somewhere else and go, oh, that's what they're talking about. Maybe I'll look at that later. Maybe I won't. We'll see. Um, just attributes. More attributes. Attributes are everywhere. Determines which factors 
uh, contributed at some point to the journey to a consumer's decision to make a purchase. What are all the, this is as far as insights, what are the things that we're looking for? Which factors contributed at some point to the journey to a consumer's decision making purchase? And from a marketing standpoint, these things are important simply because somebody else is going to come on behind them and they're going to go through a very similar journey. And so if I know what someone else, what it, what the path someone else took to make a, a purchase, then I can help recreate that for someone else and hopefully increase the probability that someone else or lots of someone else's are going to make a purchase. Informational group influence. This is word of mouth influence when peers share information about products or fajitas. This can be positive or negative. So in my case, it was positive. A friend of mine shared word of mouth influence about a particular hole in the wall place where you can get all you can hit fajitas on Tuesday nights. And we went there and lo and behold, those fajitas were freaking amazing. And next thing you know, I'm back the next week stuffing myself once again and bringing other people and everyone goes home lethargic. Two-step flow of communication. Um, this is a kind of an old standard communication terms. And the idea is most people don't really make their own decisions. They, because there's too many decisions to make to get through life. Like you don't necessarily always want to have to think about everything. And so what we do is we default to people who we think know more than we do about a particular thing, or at least someone whose judgment we trust. Um, hopefully we've chosen our opinion leaders wisely. So we have opinion leaders and opinion followers. Hopefully we chose those leaders wisely. Um, and then sometimes, you know, those evolve over time. One of the things I've, I've found, uh, at least for me, especially like, you, you know what I was saying at the beginning when you say, I say you don't know, Hey, somebody's knocking on my boat. So I'm going to pause and I'll get right back to you. Okay. And we're back. That was my, the new Marina manager. I feel like I'm got a visit from royalty um let me know what happened today and that we're going to be out of power for a couple of days that's exciting um so we're out of power for a couple of days and apparently at&t was uh running a new line for to give us better internet down here that's kind of um a uh, bit of irony considering what i was talking about at the very beginning about how i uh yeah, all of that. Anyway, so um, from that, uh, let's jump back to the, uh, and I got somebody calling me and it's making, hey, when you're trying to talk and the phone's buzzing and you know it's buzzing, and I've also got a gnat flying around my face on the internet while I'm trying to do this stuff. Sorry, we just totally killed the flow that I was doing. So two flow, two-step flow of communication. Opinion leaders, opinion followers. We just talked about that. Hopefully you've got a good, a well-vetted opinion leaders and you're not following dumbasses. Um, sorry. No, I'm not. Don't follow, don't follow dumb people. Like, seriously. Follow smart people. People, not just, not just smart. Follow people who show wisdom. Uh, many to many communications. 
So think about Twitter or where a lot of people are talking. So the stuff that happened last week uh, or, you know, whenever it happens in the last year, if you happen to be listening to this in the future um, with where the stock market went crazy because a bunch of people on Reddit suddenly started uh, doing a short squeeze on some hedge funds that were doing a were shorting companies like um, AMC Theater and Block or not Blockbuster. Who was the other one? Um, oh, GameStop. Yeah, that was it. GameStop. And uh, yeah, Blockbuster's gone. Anyway, um, all of that happened through many-to-many communications. So large groups of people uh, who are probably strangers, largely, uh, interact and collaborate with each other. Viral marketing, word of mouth marketing strategy designed to get a buzz or get buzz, a buzz, um, which is different from an alcoholic buzz, uh, and get a demographic of people talking to each other about the marketing and or product. So, you know, it comes on a small scale, me talking about fajitas. You may be wanting fajitas right now because they're delicious. You may not be, but I would recommend fajitas. They're honestly not that. I mean, you get vegetables, you get meat. I mean, it's pretty healthy, actually, if you think about it. It's not that bad. Um, you know, just go light on the sour cream and tortilla shells. Uh, apart from that, viral mavens. Mavens are the people who share everything. These are, you know, these get into the people that are the influencers. Or these are the people who are constantly putting stuff out there. You know, and for a lot of them, that's their job. Uh, innovators. All right, so we've got three different groups. We've got uh, innovator, or sorry, four groups. We've got innovators, we've got early adopters, majority, and laggards. Innovators are the earliest adopters. These are the people that are on the bleeding edge of new technology. These are the people who have to have the brand new iPhone or more specifically, these are the people who are developing the brand new iPhone or actually iPhone's not that innovative anymore, but whatever, whatever the new thing is that that's where you'll find the innovators. Um, these are the people who are like, you know, they'll sort of throw convention out the window. Let's create something new. Let's learn from what we know and then create something new and hopefully better. Uh, behind them are the, the early adopters. The early adopters are the ones who are like, okay, the innovators are, okay, I can see where this is going. Like, they're not going to be the first through the door, but they're going to be the second. Like, they're going to be right behind. They're like, they just want, they want to make, they're, they're going to let the first few go through there and make sure it's not a disaster. And once they realize it's safe, then, you know, whatever the thing is, then they're going to go for it. Then you behind them, you've got the majority. The majority is when, you know, the mass of people, all right, fine we'll do it and then behind them you have the laggards and those are the ones who are like yeah god you're gonna i won't do i don't still want to dial up rotary phone whatever you know what i mean you know those people they won't do it it is they're they're gonna sit right where they are and i don't know why you need all this freaking change those are the laggards uh products lifestyle lifestyle I don't know. What is its lifestyle? Is it like hanging out on the beach? Does it like to eat sushi? Um, product sale, life cycle, not lifestyle. Product life cycle. Product sales over time and stages through which a product passes over its lifespan. So things come in vogue and then they go out of vogue. 
So whatever the thing is, like this is why you have things become popular for a little while and then they fade out. And that is the product lifestyle. <laughs> I'm stuck on lifestyle. Um, I'm trying to think what's popular right now. I'm a poor choice to ask what's popular. Just not. Don't ask me because I'll tell you something that I think is still popular that went out of fashion or vogue or left the consumer or you know the popular zeitgeist a decade ago and I still don't even know. Uh, relative advantage: a clearly identifiable benefit to a new product relative to the current market offerings. These are things salesmen are like. Look, they're like, listen, Linda. This is this is what's gonna make your life better. Like this, like you you've got you know model two point When that's that's a good model. I'm not gonna, that's a solid model. Model three It will also do this, and that's the game changer. That's like an absolute game changer. So you know you whatever you know. There's other stuff out there. Like maybe they're competing products, but this is whoops. There's that was just me hitting up something really loud um this is the, the clearly identifiable benefit of a product and this is what salesmen sort of or salespeople focus on um maybe it's maybe it's real sometimes it's just sort of made up um ring around the collar I, you don't see that like that was what was that is it was it Clorox. I don't remember. Or how is it? Like a ring around the collar. Basically, it's a stain on the inside of like a button-down shirt's collar. Like your, your neck touches and it gets hot and sweaty and it's dirty. And you leave a stain there. It's it's also like if you're wearing a tie and it's buttoned up tight and nobody ever sees it. But they're like, this is ring around the collar and it's awful. And if you have ring around the collar, you're a terrible human being. And what eventually happens is they're like, see, if you buy our product, you won't have ring around the collar anymore, dude. And like your wife is going to love you more if you don't have this or, you know, whatever. Your husband's going to love you more. I don't know. Whatever the thing is. Um, clearly, nobody wants stains on the inside of their collar. And if my product fixes that, then that's what you want. Right. Of course. Observability. Uh, consumers can see others using the product. Again, this is where influencers come in. I'm a YouTuber, and I I'm really popular for this one particular thing, and or just one particular type of thing. Like I'm a I'm a YouTuber who lives in a van, and I just travel around, and I'm cool, and whatever the thing is. I guess I'm really not helping my case here. Um, but I use this product when I'm in my van down by the river, and this is what everyone loves. And that's what everybody sees me because I have millions of followers showing how I live such an isolated life. Okay, that was a little facetious. Anyway, you get what I'm saying. That's observability. And we're getting close to the end. Trial ability. People are actually able to sample or test it prior to adoption. You can hear it try it go to sam's try the product and then go to the other free sample place try that product and then just keep making lo loops until you're full and then you don't have to buy lunch you know what i'm saying you've done it simplicity of use how easy is the product to use like how much of a pain in the ass is it is it something easy 
Is it something not so easy? Um, is it worth it? Is it worth the effort? Maybe. And then last but last, not least, last but not least, lifestyle compatibility. Hey, there's finally the lifestyle thing again. Um, usage matches people's lifestyle. So if you're living like, okay, so maybe going back to the Jeep thing or maybe you living in a van, whatever the thing is that you want or a tiny house, whatever. I don't know. It's cool anymore because I'm not cool anymore. Um, lifestyle compatibility. And you just sort of, um, a lot of companies do this a lot. Like you want to be the kind of person who, like you want people to think that you're the kind of person who's free and rugged and you live in a van down by the river or you drive a Jeep or you like sushi. I don't know why, what kind of person likes sushi. I like sushi. Sushi's delicious. Um, but that's irrelevant to this uh, particular conversation but you match a product to a lifestyle like going back to the jeep i'm you know if i have a jeep wrangler then i'm outdoorsy and rugged and obviously handsome or whatever um probably have a you know three-day beard or whatever and have and i and i write in a leather journal some of these things are true for um but i'm on a boat i don't have a jeep anyway you you get the point right you get the point all right and that actually wraps us up and we're just over an hour so it went a little bit longer today because of my rant at the beginning and with a little interlude from the marina manager uh but beyond that hopefully you guys are having a great day and are going to have an even better day and i started us out with michael franti which he's if you ever get a chance to see him live, go see him live because I watched him. He had a free concert down here last year, pre-COVID, uh, and it was great. It was such a funny concert. And here's another guy I saw live a few years ago, Matt Kearney, and he was one of those guys who's really good at improv. I don't know. He's not doing improv on this, but it's where you are. It's probably cold and miserable, especially if you're watching it in an ice storm predicted this weekend. And you're like, screw this. I just want spring break. I want to be on a cruise somewhere or on an island or on a beach or somewhere warm. I'm giving you some happy music. I have some happy music. And I'll catch you next week, crew. This is your captain speaking. Have a good week.